Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sherrod, and this is episode 31. In this episode, I will be interviewing James Brennan, a.k.a. known as the high school strength coach on Instagram. He is a biology teacher for the past 10 years, coached basketball in high school for seven years, and has been the strength coach for the last three three years for hockey, football, and basketball. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did, and let's get clean. You hear me now? Yeah, that's much better. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I I, I grabbed my head too, so I can hear you a lot better now. I was talking into it like... I, I thought it was on speakerphone, and I was like, man, this is so quiet. What's going on here? I can't hear this guy. <laughs> yeah, this is much better. <clears throat> All right, well, let's start. Um, just tell everybody who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is James Brennan. Um, right now, I'm a, I'm a professional stay-at-home dad. But uh, for the past 10 years, I've been teaching biology, environmental science, and uh, nutrition at a high school in New Jersey, at Cranford High School in New Jersey. And we, uh, I was coached, I coached basketball for seven years. And Oh, really? Uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Coach yeah, my I, sport, man. That's what I played I, through college and everything. Yeah. I, I actually, when I opened up the, the podcast, the thing, when I opened up the, the app a few days ago and I saw the, uh, I saw it said basketball training too. I was like, Oh, interesting. I'll maybe I'll bring that up. <laughs> I didn't know, didn't, didn't know I was going to bring it up in the first 15 seconds, but, um, yeah, I looked at your your profile too, and I saw that you had some basketball stuff on there. Um, I don't use that that high school strength coach account for like any of my like actual socializing on there, so I rarely ever like look around. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so w- w- you know, me, since me and you have been talking, I kind of you know I, I checked that out. But yeah, I saw that. I actually uh, I played basketball. I walked on at Seton Hall in, uh, oh, okay. in New Jersey. Um, I, I don't, I'm not gonna say I played, I never made the active roster, but I walked yeah, on and, and that, I mean, that was, it was cool. Oh. Yeah. I got, I can say that like, yeah, I got dunked on by Kelly Whitney, who is big East <laughs> rookie of the year. And like, like, I was, I was the worst player on the team and, um, but it was, it, it was cool. You know, it was, it was a great experience. Um, but like I, Lewis Orr was the coach. At the time, and I mean, he he was an NBA. He played in the NBA for at least ten years. He was he was you know good NBA player. But it was cool. Like the best day of practice, I got yelled at by him, and I was like, "This is good. He cares. He cares about me." Like, <laughs> like that 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 walk on. That's like just you know go to the locker room, get out of here. So it was, yeah. But uh, so I coached basketball for uh, for seven years. And I was uh, I was the strength coach for the last three years. Um, my wife took a position within her company, so we ended up moving out to Ohio. And uh, with COVID and it being the end of the summer, there really weren't any jobs. And it was like, all right, well, might as well stay home, take care of the kids, and uh, lift on my own. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not really I'm not coaching right now, but. Um, I still keep in contact with a lot of the kids and I still make programs for a lot of the kids that I had last year. And, uh, I did the programming for the football team this year, even though it was all remotely, it was just like, you know, the, the football coaches that they had no idea what they were doing and how to do stuff. like try to make hmm. a universal at home thing. And I, you, you, you know, you probably saw that article that was published on elite FTS. Um, I, I wrote that for the team that, uh, for the high school that where I worked and, 
the kids, the kid, I got a ton of positive feedback from the kids and the coaches and they loved it. And it was like, it was, it seemed like it was something that could help a lot of people out. So when I submitted it to elite FTS, they were like, yeah, this is great. Let's, let's make this uh, available to a lot of people. And it didn't end up coming out until a little bit later than it should have. Were um, you the strength coach for all sports or was it basketball, football? Like what, what was it? It was, so the position that I made, uh, it was my idea. It wasn't like I got hired for that position. It was just like, ah. I, I proposed the idea to the AD and he was like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. But I mean, I'm sure you I know how it is. And so many coaches, know how, like strength coaches know where it's like non-lifters or people involved <laughs> in strength, strength and conditioning. They just, they don't get it, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like I'd see the, so first of all, at, at the high school where I worked, we had a, a weight room class, like a weight training class. And it was, yeah, yep. <laughs> it, it was great. And it was, it was taught by the, the head football coach. The dude played in the NFL. He, he knew what he was talking about and his class. All he did was he had varsity athletes I mean, and other kids could join, but it was like varsity athletes could sign up first. And he had their strength program in class. So they never had to do football after school weight room or weight training like that. It was all done in school. Oh, nice. So, but the other sport coaches, they, they are just like, Oh, well, we're going to do, we're, we're doing track now. We're going to do uh, our after school weight training programming, you know, random days of the week. We're going to have you guys do, mm. you know, here's the program. All right. So yeah, we're doing squats today. We're going to max out on squats today. And it's like, well, do you have, do you have any idea that this kid worked up to a five rep, like ball busting, squat max just two hours ago like you're gonna have do that again today and then you've got other kids who've never lifted in their life have these kids doing the same workout and i would see this i was the weight room supervisor for my whole career and i would see this kind of stuff i'm like i know for a fact that that kid as a varsity athlete is in this weight room class and he shouldn't be like hitting these max effort lifts twice in one day the same lift so I was, that's why I brought it up to the AD and I was like, listen, you got, I got to take over this strength coaching for some of these programs. Um, so it was like, I wasn't trying to be, I wasn't trying to come in and take over and step on people's feet. But I was like, if you don't, if you want your, to put your, your strength coaching off on, on someone else, I'll take care of it all. So it was basically whatever teams, whatever teams reached out to me to do it, or if the AD suggested it, um, they were the ones that I would work with. So it wasn't like a specific group of teams that um, I was like officially in charge of. It was like whatever coaches needed me to help, I would uh, I'd work with them. So it started with ice hockey. Ice hockey was the first team that I worked with. Oh, wow. For a few years. And it was actually pretty cool because I know um, I know absolutely nothing about hockey. So I had to I like do a little bit of research as to like, all right, what are some movements that we should probably be focusing on? And uh it was, it was a pretty good learning experience for me to try to, to do some movements that I'd never done myself personally, because I mean, we're focusing on like unilateral hip movements because when you're skating, oh, so your accessory, your, your accessory, you're saying that's, you just right. wanted to look for, that's what, cause that's where you're going to get a little sport specific, you know, kind of, you know, like what they need to build capacity. In. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's what I mean. Yeah. Not the, not the main lifts. I mean, I would kind of like, I might not have, you know, certain athletes be doing say like sumo deadlifting, like if uh, right. not every sport might benefit from that, but the hockey kids, like if we want to build hip strength, like, yeah, we're going to sumo deadlift. So I had that right. in rotation. Um, but yeah, if you have like a, go- a goalie, I'm going to have him doing a lot of like holding in a squat position. And we're going to work on, like you said, the capacity to be able to hold that position. 
Um, right, 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 right. Essentially, the whole game. So, me, me, I played. Would football. you have him do deeper, deeper, like, like maybe low, low box, box squats with him? Um, like just some. The kid who was the goalie, he was actually one one of the best lifters on the team. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he was really strong as it was. And uh, he also had just come off of a, a knee surgery last season. Ah, okay. Strong, So I didn't really want to push too much with him. I was kind of like letting him come right. back on speed with that stuff. But I had him um, I had him doing like some, I call them one and one quarter squats, where like you go down full range of motion, you come up about a quarter or half the way, and then you go back down, and then you come back up, and that would count as one rep. So trying to keep them, trying to keep them in that, that like engaged position and not just like rep after rep after rep um, right, right, right. with box squatting. It was like so much of the culture of, of the school lifting there was like the football teams. And it was like what football coaches learned from their football coaches and they mm-hmm. were t- teaching what their football coaches taught them. So it's like weightlifting circa 1920 and <laughs> like, it was so much like bouncing off the box and like the, the they were saying like, Oh, the, the box is there. So, you know, you're going deep enough. And I'm just like, no, it's not. That's not what the point of the box is for. Like, <laughs> if you want to have, and like, I would get, you know, you can have this relationship with kids in the weight room. I'd be like, you know, if you want to have, if you want to know if you're deep enough, just have your training partner stick his hand back there. I'm sure you'd love touching your butt. Just, if you want to have somebody back there, like <laughs> that, that'll do it. The box is there, not for depth. The box is there for you to actually release the, tension in your hips and explode from that position like a, a free squat where you're going down without a box it's they're two different things it's not just they're forgetting um so a lot of my box squat teaching was kind of just trying to get rid of that use bouncing off of the box thing because that was what they yeah. were for it was like these kids would have overblown numbers like huge numbers it's like oh i'm a five and back to be blown up too yeah exactly like some kids <laughs> And say like, oh, my back hurts so much. Why does my back hurt from squatting? And I was like, bro, you serious? I just watched like the worst squat that I've ever seen in my life. Tailbone snaps. <laughs> exactly. I've bulged three discs in my back during my my life, and like I could just I'm watching that. I'm just like, oh man, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna have disc bulge number four right now. Just watching. <laughs> um, how did you get introduced to uh, the conjugate system and Westside and all that? Um, I'm. <sighs> I don't even really know. I just kind of like my whole getting into lifting was just doing my research on my own. Like my first programs, I, I got into bodybuilding is how I started. And mm-hmm. uh, the first time I ever competed in a powerlifting meet, it was like, it was 2010. And a guy that I was training with was just like, Oh bro, you've got a pretty strong deadlift. You should compete in powerlifting. And I was like, I don't know what that is. And he's like, there's a meet coming up. You should do it. And I was like, oh, cool. So my, I, <laughs> I didn't, I squatted, I think my best, like my, the most high intensity squats that I ever had before that was like, like a set of eight and I never maxed out, <laughs> but I deadlifted heavy cause I was strong with deadlifts, but I saw, I, you know, I deadlifted for, you know, for sets of one and two. And I, I hit, I think like a five forty five deadlift on Wednesday and the meet was on Saturday, but I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. You didn't know about that circumvent action. I, I had no idea about anything like, like peaking or how any of that should have worked. Right. And I went into this meet and my lower back was bumping. Like I had a crazy sore <laughs> lower back and I, it, but it was, you know, it was fun. It was all, I mean, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I was hooked from that point on. I've been competing ever since then. Uh, so it was July of 2010. 
Um, and I just kind of, I realized, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to be better at powerlifting than I am at bodybuilding. I'll be stronger than I am big. And I, you know, I want to be good at what I'm doing. Um, and I started doing five, three, one Jim Wendler's program. Mm. <clears throat> and then as I was reading a lot of his stuff, he, you talk about his experience, um, at West side and with Louis Simmons. And, and then I, um, I found out about elite FTS. I, I saw a guy wearing a shirt. I went to Rutgers for grad school and I saw a guy wearing a shirt and it had this cool, the squatter logo. And I was like, yo, that looks pretty cool. I wonder what that is. So I do a lot of internet. This was in you know, 2010. It wasn't like there was powerlifting all over the place. Social media was basically just Facebook at the time. So there wasn't, it wasn't easy to find. And so I ended up, I found Elite FTS by just searching, trying to find out where this guy's shirt came from. And I've read a bunch of Dave Tate's stuff and he talked about it too. And I was just like, ah, oh, this West side thing seems like it's pretty cool. Um, mm. So like I, I just, I kind of read a lot and I just read a lot of programs and I just, I kind of, I really liked the idea and I tried it out for myself. I did my own, I made up all my own programs just using max effort, dynamic effort stuff. And uh, I've kind of just, I developed my own training philosophy based on that. I don't use it anymore for myself, um, but I would still describe my personal training philosophy as a conjugate type system where I'm rotating exercises in and out. I don't do a max effort and a dynamic effort day anymore. Um, I, I just found Why whenever, is that whenever I did oh, you're about yeah, dynamic effort benching, it was good for like, like a three week cycle. And then I go back and like, it just, I'd end up hurting something. And it was like, if, really? I'm, if I'm hurting myself with the explosive lightweight stuff, it just didn't seem like it was a bet. It was a benefit. Like I was, I was better off just trying to lift heavy more often. Um, and just trying to work on, I guess, just the strength, absolute strength and not the explosiveness. I've, I've always been pretty explosive with all my lifts. I felt like just trying to get better at that wasn't actually helping. Um, my bench sucks as it is. So maybe that's just that I'm not built for benching. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I liked focusing on explosiveness in my warmups as I worked up to my heavy sets. And I kind of thought like, well, I don't need to dedicate a day to this. And if I, so what do you do? Like a brief maximal tension, like, like heavy sets of like fours and fives as that higher volume day. Is that what you do instead? I would do. Yeah. Like my, the system that I use for myself with my own personal powerlifting, um, I'd work up to top sets and then I'd back down for just accessory sets and I would do a totally different exercise. Like I did those one-on-one quarter squats for myself because I liked them Mm. and it, it worked well for me, but I would usually, I would keep the volume, high on those i would drop the intensity volume will be higher on those and i would just keep everything explosive i didn't want to dedicate a day to like all right let me do 10 sets of two or eight sets of three with this lighter weight let me just treat everything explosively so all of my warm-ups and all of my back down sets i just did everything explosively um and i felt like it was being a little more efficient that way instead of dedicating a day to that um and with like training kids it's if you're trying to work on sport explosiveness, I just felt like the kids benefited better from doing things like explosive jumping. Um, yeah. Jumping is the best. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to like dynamic effort squatting. It's like a lot of these kids mm-hmm. we're still learning how to lift, you know, it's like, let's, I want to focus yeah. on learning how to squat correctly, learning how to deadlift correctly. I'd rather teach you how to conventional deadlift and sumo deadlift, both with very good technique, as opposed to teaching you how to like 
all right, we're going to do dynamic effort deadlifting today. All right, well, today we're going to deadlift again, but we're also, we're not going to be focusing on doing it fast. We're going to be going heavy today. It was like, I'd rather teach you guys just solid technique on a few different exercises as opposed to throwing in the, like the conjugate, the different types of, I guess, the different methods, like the, the max effort and the dynamic effort. Um, so you, will you do just like, one, like if they're deadlifting, it'll be one style where it'll be just, I mean, before heavier threes, fours, or fives with good form, rather than a like two days, yeah. where you you'll do another, which is speed. Your your dynamic effort will be like med ball throws and jumps, and then accessories, not speed squats and speed bench. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I would do the explosiveness. I would do. I would have them squatting on one day and deadlifting on on another day during the week because I'd usually get three days of of lifting with them. So we do one upper day one lower day. And then on the deadlift day, I'd kind of do upper and lower, but I would put explosive. Uh, okay. I would put explosive, um, like explosiveness before I liked doing explosiveness before deadlifting. So we would hit, right, we would yeah. do a lot of box squatting or not box squatting. I'm sorry. Uh, box jumping before deadlifts. You know, it's like, if we're, if we're going to be doing the explosive movements, let's do it as a way to like prime our bodies to pull fast off the floor instead of pulling, um, yeah, doing our pulls fast. It's like, all right, let's do an, exp an, an athletic movement as our explosive training, um, and then work. We'll use that as a warm up for our, our heavy lifting. And the kids seem to like it. You know, uh, they enjoy doing that. The box squats are always fun because I'm sorry, I keep saying box squats, box jumps. It's, <laughs> it's competitive. It's a competitive thing, and uh, they you know they they always enjoy doing that. Um, yes, yeah, it's pretty crazy because so many. There's so many conjugates. I'm sure you could, you know, uh, Jared of Explosive Mechanics and Bird, or Bird Sports Performance, and uh, my guy Blake Bernard of Grindhouse Gym. I think most of them follow you. Okay. On Instagram. Oh, okay. But, I'll, uh, I'll look up their names. I I don't. The people who follow me on that account, I I, re I really even like, <laughs> I don't really socialize on that one. I'll yeah yeah. The only real account I ever socialize with is the Elite FTS because they were reposting all my stuff back then, and I feel you know over the summer, right, right. and I feel like I should just kind of like reciprocate, like all right, thanks guys for like because that account was basically just like what I used to share workouts with the kids, and then they kind of right. you know, blew up because of the quarantine stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll if, yeah you, you know, text me their names later, and I'll, I'll look them up and I'll follow them on my personal. I, I was just saying because. It just seems like uh, all of them have produced like a lot of people that jump high, sprint really fast that weren't, mm. but they all do the conjugate system like almost really? not totally different, but like it like so like Jared of explosive, he's like I don't do any speed squatting, yeah, I don't do any dynamic bench. Like when they bench, it's heavy, like super heavy one day, and then they just do brief maximum tension where they do like heavy three fours and fives. Where Bird he does. He does uh, heavy two threes as their max effort, but he also does do speed squats and speed bench. Uh, like Jared, oh, he likes to squat then jump because he said it would take too long when they'd be jumping beforehand. Yeah, that makes sense. But Bird's yeah. like, no, nah, I, I sprint and jump first, <laughs> yeah. and then I have a And I'd be like, I don't know which one to freaking do because yeah, both of you are crane freaks. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's totally – I mean, it's like I think it's like it, – it, it, that can, uh, kind of like mindset can apply to anything. It's like if you take – something that works, but you make it and you apply it to, to work for you in the way that works for you and your system, like then great, yeah. you know, like do what works for you. And I think right. like so many of these programs and things like I, what powerlifter hasn't heard of 
the West side method, you know, like um, you, yeah. you know how it works. You may have never done it in your life, but you know how it works. Like you could take a guy who's never done it and he could probably lay out the, how it works for you because it's so much of, of training systems are based off of these ideas. Like if you, if you say that like, Oh, I don't do West side. I don't do any of the conjugates. I don't do any of that. It's like, well, do you train heavy? And then do you train for excess? Do you do accessories afterwards? Then you're doing mm-hmm. uh, not essentially one max effort lift, but you're hitting high rep or, or high intensity. And then you're doing the repetition method afterwards. It's all, yep. it's all so similar. It's just calling it different things. And it's like, if you pick a system and you get your people to buy into that system and then everyone is consistent with it, it's going to work. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I'm big in, into nutrition as well. I, I, I've taught nutrition classes and it's like, people ask me all the time, like, well, does this diet work? It's like, well, how long are you going to follow it for? It's like, well, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll follow yeah. it for like, or however long I need to. It's like, well, if you follow that diet for six months to a year, then yeah, it's going to work because any diet will work for six to, for, for a consistent period of time. I mean, like if you're consistent with, with pretty much anything, it'll work. I mean, you can go make up your own program and really have no idea about any specific system. And if you, make up something and you do it consistently, like it, you're, you're probably going to see some results depending on your experience levels. But um, yeah, there, there's just ones that work better than others or c- will continue to work for year after year. Right. But a lot of people just aren't even dedicated enough to even see if it works. Most people are like, they want that instant. Right. So it's like, Oh, six weeks right. to third to 40 inch vertical yeah. from 20. Yeah. I didn't get there. Yeah. got to quit. Do it. Do pick somebody else. Yeah, man. I bought, <laughs> I bought Earl air alert when I was 12 too. <laughs> Did you remember that? <laughs> Did you, you remember those? Every basketball player, I, the, you know, the, remember the, uh, the, the calf, the, the oh, jump yeah. things where it was like the elevated front foot thing. Strength shoe. They were, because your calf does all of it. Weren't they called like, strength <laughs> shoes? Is that what they called? Strength shoes? Yeah, I think it's like what they I wanted those so yeah. bad. I wanted those. And my mom was like, I'm not spending I had a teammate that did Oh, is, that, is that what they were? I think they were called strength strength shoes. I think that's what they were called. I, my mom bought me bought me the Air Alert Two because I it, you know I saw the, the ads in Slam magazine, um, and I think it was in like eighth grade, and I did it religiously. I had that that chart up on my wall, and I wrote down all the numbers. And but this is before like you've ordered stuff online. This is like eighth grade. I was in like it was the year two thousand, and. Um, yeah, I was just like, she had to send away for it. And it finally came. And every day I came home and I set up my little carpet mat and I would do my plyometrics in the, in the you know, in my, in my uh, driveway. But, you know, at the time I was like, you know, almost getting rim. And I was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. Like I might be able to do this soon. I might be able to dunk when I get to high school. And like by the, I, I don't know. I just, I just jumped a lot. Like I would, you know, I would, we'd, we'd have pickup games, open gyms and stuff like that. And I was always just trying to jump, dunk, always trying to dunk. And I was always just jumping. And I eventually became pretty good at dunking. Like my first dunk was, in, it was in a pickup game and I was, I was in 10th grade and it was on a kid. One of my friends, I dunked on him in a pickup <laughs> game. And it, it just like, my dunks just kept getting better and better. And then eventually like being in school and having all these kids and like, we'd have these faculty basketball games and like, I would dunk in the warmups, like throwing off the backboard, like throwing out used to myself. I'm like, how, how do you, like, how can you do all this stuff? And I was just like, and what did I do? Like this, was it air alert? Was it all the plyometrics that I did when I was younger? Like I never really tracked it when I was a kid. Cause I was always so active. Just like basketball was my life. And I was always just, just playing and jumping and all that. And it's like, I don't know what did it. Like maybe it was all the plyometrics and you know? maybe it was all the jumping that I was so consistent with. Um, I don't even know why I was, why I brought that up, but the uh, <laughs> yeah, the explosiveness stuff, it's, it works. 
um, uh, how how often would you have athletes perform max effort during season? And if and and if so, was it was it singles or was it like heavy doubles or threes? Um, I, and would it depend on the athlete and the sport too? It would. It would definitely depend on um, the athletes and their experience. Um, so I was I was just before we were talking, I was I loaded up the the hockey workout that I had because I was just I just wanted to look back and to see what I you know how some of the progressions that I had them doing last year, and uh, the the heavy it would be like one heavy squat or deadlift per week because I usually get them for two two days out of the week. And a lot of times it ended up like they wouldn't even be able to come because the coach and I, like the coach wouldn't get back to me on like the time that would work or they ended up having games like four games that week. So they wouldn't even be able to lift that week. So it would be like, all right, whenever you guys come in, we're going to try to hit like one high, high intensity squat. And then the next time I see you guys, we're going right. to hit a high intensity deadlift, but it would usually be just, just singles, just trying to maintain the strength. You know, I'm not trying to accumulate more fatigue because the kids are getting, you know, they're, they're tired from games and practices and all that. And they're probably up playing Fortnite until three o'clock in the morning anyway. So they're, they're right. exhausted as it is. So it would be just like, all right, let's hit, it would be, you know, it would be essentially like, like the week before powerlifting meet or two weeks before, depending on how, you know, big you are, how heavy you're lifting. You're just trying to, you're just trying to hold on to the fatigue, the, the fitness while dropping your fatigue. Um, and you're trying to maintain that by hitting those high intensity sets, but keeping your volume super low. So essentially that's, that's what the programming was. It was like, let's just hit, uh, some heavy singles to keep the strength. And I would actually, uh, put in a little bit of dynamic effort there. Um, because we weren't doing because that can maintain your strength, but it wasn't too taxing yeah, exactly as a max effort. Would be. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. To try to keep, keep them working on the technique keep the deadlift technique, keep the squat mm-hmm. technique, keep, you know, because if you're doing, if you're doing sumo deadlift, if you know, if you're hitting deep squats, you're, you're working on you know, mobility, flexibility. We're still, we're still, you know, working on those things and those movements. So um, just to try to keep, keep that the strength and the explosiveness there. Um, I would have them do that. And I, I have, I have a lot of chains and bands and stuff like that, that I have at home and I would bring, I would bring that to school. And not that I really feel that it's necessary for them. If we're not really going to be making progress on it, if I'm not going to see them next week or whatever the case might be, but like kids love that stuff. Like if they've never, if they've never actually lifted with chains before and you throw a chain on there, it's like, well, look how badass I am. Look at how cool this is. You know? So, um, that was, that was one way to kind of motivate them to want to train because it's in the middle of the season and they're tired and it's like, I don't want to have to lift weights too. Like this is, I'm exhausted. So that would kind of be a way to make it fun. And uh, that's just another way in general that I think another thing about conjugate training that I, that I like is the variation, you know, like you're dealing with high school kids. The, the attention span is, is not always there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they don't want to be in the weight room. Like you, you love training you. I love training, but I, I mean, that's why we're here talking about this. You know, that's why we're doing it. Like we love this stuff, but like these kids, like they're playing sports because it's something to do. And it's like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to have to lift now too. That might not be their thing. So, you know, in putting that variety in there makes it so that it's, it's a little bit more exciting instead of coming in and, Oh, we're doing trap bar deadlifts today. Sweet. I've done trap bar deadlifts every deadlift for the day for the past four years of my entire life, <laughs> you know? So putting some variety in there. That was one of the most positive feedbacks I got from kids was that it's fun. You know, it's the, the training is much more fun than what we've done in the past where it was so boring, you know? And if you're not, if you're training for a sport, you're not training for powerlifting, you know, you don't need to, the speci- specificity 
in terms of getting good at bench pressing doesn't really need to be there, you know, or specifically, yeah. like, Oh, I'm training. I'm using, you know, for the West side method, I'm using, I'm using special exercises to get better at the specific exercise. Like I'm doing safety squat, uh, safety bar squats. I'm doing box squats. I'm doing box chain, uh, like Hatfield squats, I'm doing Anderson squats, I'm doing all these different variations of squats so I can, you know, attack all these different weak points in my squat and get better at squatting. But if you're trying to get good at, you know, field hockey, you don't need to specify, like, you're, you're getting good at squatting. You know, you're, you're trying to get strong. Yeah. So you can, uh, yeah. you can, you know, the, the variations don't need to be as extensive. But putting the variation in there does make it a little more fun for the kids. Um, what do you have your athletes do for connective tissue? So banded leg curls and push downs, rear delt, like, and how often? So like accessory work afterwards would be. No, just, just, oh, I was just saying like just the high rep, like banded leg curls, stuff like just the bonus stuff to just keep the tendons and everything healthy. Yeah. That, how often and how much? I, we would do that kind of stuff. Um, I got part of the, yeah, that would be part of the workout that we, we would do our main lifts. Mm-hmm. And, um, we would be doing again, depending on the experience, like if these are kids who can do the, the compound lifts, uh, like with field hockey, I took on field hockey last year and I put out a little survey, like how much, how many of you guys have actually lifted in the weight room? How many of you guys have lifted weights before? And a lot of them have never even touched a weight before. So it was like, okay, this is how we're going to learn how to squat. So for, with them, it was basically like, all right, learn form. And then that's all we're going to do is like, like, huh. like what you said, you call like connective tissue work or like, you know, like, uh, whatever you like stabilizer work or just hypertrophy work. That's what we did. Cause we were just trying to learn the techniques and then work on building some muscle um, and, you know, strengthening joints and doing things like that. But yeah, every workout I would have, even you know, the, the hockey guys or, or other, you know, athletes that, that would be hitting main lifts and heavy, heavy compound lifts. We would do that after every workout. Um, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big rear delt guy. So we would do a lot of like a mm-hmm. lot of band pull aparts Um we would start off every upper body workout with like face pulls, band pull aparts, and then we would sometimes finish the workout with like uh, bands attached to the upright of a squat rack, and we would hit like super high rep. Um, I call them um, face pull, face pull, pull aparts, where you're doing like a if you're like creating the triangle with the band, like I'm doing it right now in the room, like you can see me, but uh, you're pulling apart and you're pulling towards your mm-hmm. face. So it's, it's just, you're hitting that rear delt, getting the blood flowing into the rear delts uh, while working on some hypertrophy work. Um, but yeah, we would do that kind of stuff. Every work, every work. Um, <clears throat> is there any time when you would have them do some type of free squat? Yeah. Yeah. So the rotations that I would use for squatting and deadlifting, like I said, were pretty, pretty basic. We would do uh, box squat was one of our main squats. And I did that pretty much with every team. And we would do free squatting was one of our main ones. And then depending on the team, I would have them front squat as well. Um, but we would do we would do free squats. I Like two out of the three squats that we would do would be, would be free, no box squatting. Is that what you mean, right? No box? Yeah. yeah, just any, just like, just, uh, just no box. And like, would it, would it always be, um, well, not always because you said sometimes a front squat, but would you do any other variations like, uh, Hatfield, um, as well? If we had the, or did you have a safety bar to do? We it? had one. Um, 
Uh, we only had oh, one. Okay, yeah. so then that ain't gonna no, work. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. It would, and I wasn't gonna have like set up one station and be like, all right, everyone, you're doing. I mean, I could have <laughs> probably done it where I made groups. You know, we had four squat racks, and I could have been like, okay, this group is doing safety squats today, safety bar squats. Everyone else is doing straight bar, and then next week that group just rotates whoever who does this. But right. it was. I mean, I just didn't have the time to be doing specific exercises per group. Um, I made up two different, two, two main workouts uh, for, for the teams, unless it was like a position, like the goalie, I, I would do different stuff for him. Like if that position is so much different than everybody else. But um, I had the kids who took that weight room class and then the kids who didn't take the weight room class and the kids who took the weight room class, they had a modified workout where I didn't have them hitting high intensity sets of, of squatting or deadlifting over 80%. Like I would still have them do the accessory work that we were doing. And of the explosiveness that we were doing, I would have them do that stuff, but um, they would get a modified workout. Um, so back to your original question though, about the free squatting, I would have, we would do goblet squats too, depending on the team. Um, so I would have them, some, some teams would do like ultra wide goblet squats where you're basically trying to go as wide as you possibly could. Um, and I guess mm-hmm. essentially that's a type of squat. It's kind of like a sumo deadlift too. I mean, if you're going that wide, but right. yeah, I guess that, you know, it's like a free, free squat. So yeah, the only time we really would do box uh-huh. squatting would be like a specific bar in the back, straight bar box squat. But that was, that was once every, usually three weeks we would do that. Um, what would you do to warm up on lower body days? So the warm up that we would do, I, uh, I started doing the DeFranco agile eight. When I was, this is probably like like eight years ago, and and I I don't know I I I just started hitting a ton of PRs. I stopped getting hurt. I really liked doing it, so I would have the kids do the DeFranco Agile Eight, and that was our warm up before squatting. And tell the, people about that because I have I have the my uh, boss is a CPPS guy, but I haven't I haven't read it. So what goes into it? So the 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 they call it agile eight because there are eight movements and the first three so that with depending on who i'm working with i've kind of butchered it a little bit um so i'm trying to think of the exact one it starts off with um foam rolling it band and then it's foam rolling quads and then it's um, lacrosse ball or whatever type of myofascial release you want to use. You could use a foam roller, but I mean, I like using, we, we had a ton of lacrosse balls at the school. So I had the kids use them cause they, they work the best, but that would be like piriformis and glutes. Um, and you could also, you know, you could do both rolling it out and do lacrosse ball. So it's, it's foam rolling or releasing hamstrings, sorry, it band glutes and piriformis. And then it would be like a V sit, to roll kind of a thing where you're sitting on your, you're sitting on your butt and you've got your legs spread out and you roll backwards onto your back and you're putting your feet like back over your head and then you roll and you, then you sit right. back down and you just kind of reach forward and you do that 10 times. Uh, Wait, so legs, you, you put the legs behind your head and then back into straight that, touch the toes or into the it, split. Cause I've seen yeah, both. It, into the split is how I have, I would show people to do it into the split. Right. Um, I mean, I could see both working, but I, I honestly never even thought about doing it that way. I just always had to do into the split because I call it, I called it V sit, so you're sitting in a V. So I just I've always called it V sit to roll. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you guess you could do it straight leg like, if that worked better for you. Again, it's you know what works best for you. No, I've just done both just to do it, and I've just liked it. Like sometimes I'll do a passive stretch, yeah. then do the st- static, do the legs over the head, 
and then go like back and forth when you do the back and forth and then test huh. it like see how it was i've just done it just to do it i've like well but i like to split to warm up before like actually lift. yeah i i'm deadlift i'm yeah. deadlifting myself on thursday so i'm gonna do what you just described because that sounds interesting i'm oh, gonna okay. try it out i'm gonna see how that goes <laughs> um so after that so that's number four it's the fourth thing and then next are fire hydrants where you're on your hands and knees and it's uh you can call it like a hip uh car like the uh controlled articular rotation where yeah, i love yeah. that stuff by the way I, I do that on myself all the time um my girlfriend's certified in that she has oh really so uh, it's, it's big. yeah yeah it's it's, it's major yeah. i had i had uh i tore articular cartilage in my right knee on the top of my tibia a few years ago and i had micro fracture mm. surgery and uh it's never going to be the same like it's a fibro cartilage it's a fibrous cartilage it's in there it's not articular cartilage anymore the bone marrow created this new cartilage whatever um but whenever whenever <laughs> i have a lot of knee pain and i do the, the the rotations in my knee and i try to hit it like every single possible movement that my knee could possibly go into like after i do that it just feels like yeah that that feels right i'm glad i did that you know <laughs> um so it's the the fire hydrants are hip you know cars um, forward, forward and backward each side. And then it's, you're staying and in the next, the sixth thing you stay in that position and you do, um, mountain climbers. So it's like you're in that position and then one leg goes back. So like, imagine you're in a, uh, you're in yeah. a push up position, one leg then comes forward, the right leg comes forward. And then as that right leg is going back, the left leg is coming forward and that would count as one rep and you're doing 10 of those. And then the next is the same idea. <clears throat> you're in that same position and you're doing, uh, they're called groiners, where instead of having one leg come up at a time, you have both of them come up at the same time. You're just kind of going from like a push up to a, a, like the bottom of a squat position while keeping your hands on the ground the whole time. Right. And then the last thing, the eighth thing is just a like static hip stretch where you're, you're standing on one knee, the other foot is out in front of you um, at a 90 degree angle that, that knee it's bent, but you're not on that knee. And you're just kind of, you're not leaning forward. I see so many people doing that where they're like, Oh, let me, hit, let me stretch my, my quad out my hip up by leaning forward. It's like, well, really all you're doing is just kind of jamming that, that femur back up into the hip socket. You should be like pressing your, you should be thinking about like, I say that to the, I can say this to the boys, like guys, wieners out, wieners out. Like think about pushing your wiener out. It's like you're, you're shifting your pelvis and in doing so you're not jamming the bone up into the pelvis. You're actually stretching the muscle or the, uh, you're stretching the, the ligaments over the, the, the joint. So that would be that you just do three sets of 10. And that's the eighth thing that you're doing is just that static hip stretch. So all those things, um, account to the DeFranco agile eight. And, uh, it's, I mean, I've been doing it for so long that it's just something that I've memorized doing and I would put it on that Instagram page and I would, I'd have the kids screenshot it and I was, and I would put it on our little whiteboard so that whenever we came in, because my, you know, I come in from a classroom and the kids can get there you know, get changed before I get there. If I have a kid staying after for extra help, like in my biology classes or whatever. So like, I'd always post the workouts on Instagram and be like, all right, guys do the warm up. You should know it at this point, do the warm up, lower body warm up, get in there and do it. And it was the same one each time. So they kind of just figured it out. And, uh, we would skip foam rolling if, if we were short on time or if a kid showed up late, I'd be like, all right, skip the foam rolling, just get right into the V sit to roll thing. Because if there is something that's the least necessary, it would probably be that. Um, do, do you have sled available at your no, school? We don't have sleds. No. Okay. We, uh, okay. if I wanted to do some type of like, like GPP type conditioning, we, we, uh, I would take hex mm -hmm. bars 
we go in the parking lot and uh, throw some plates on them and just do like farmer's carries, farmer's walks. That would be our, our type of oh, okay. we do. Um, and I would do like suitcase carries too. If uh, Usually this would be with female teams. I would have them carry one dumbbell and like walk around the clock, like walk out of the weight room and like go a specific distance down the hallway. Um, that And that would work right. as well. And that would be like abs and conditioning or GPP. Um, but depending on strength of athletes, we could do like the farmer's walks and stuff. But we didn't have sleds. I mean, it would be awesome to have like a prowler and like a turf area. But when you're just, when you're in a high school in a suburban town, you don't really have the space for that kind of stuff. It's just kind of, you know, do, do what you can. Um, but yeah, it would be, that would basically be the conditioning that we would do. But they're getting so much conditioning with their teams that it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't yeah. such a, a priority. I mean, depending on the team that you're dealing with, I know some coaches don't really do much conditioning. But... What do you uh, tell your athletes to do for recovery? Eat. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I get every all the all the coaches I've asked. Yeah, get to eat, yeah. sleep. That's eat, it. Sleep. That's really it. I mean, it's it would be cool to to have kids prioritize recovery, but it's not. I mean, if you've got kids that don't really want to lift, you're not, you're going to have even less kids that want to prioritize <laughs> recovery. So, um, the most of the type recovery type stuff, I guess would be like mobility work that I would be doing with them because it's, I feel like right. it would be an effort in futility to try to get them to like, all right, guys go home. And I want you to, um, you know, schedule a massage once a week or buy a, a percussion massager or, <laughs> you know, ice bath or whatever, any of that stuff. It's just go home do your homework, eat, and don't stay up too late. And that, that would really, that would, that would be it because you can't really control much outside of that. Um, did you have a jump mat? No. Because uh, I was going to say, did you ever do that? Set of blocks? No, a jump. Uh, what about isometrics? Um, I would, no, we never did. I never had them doing isometrics. Just again, because I feel like that would get kind of complicated with them. I think, I mean, you could probably do it. Mm. I just never really thought about doing that with them. Um, it would be pretty cool. Like, I've done it with myself. I've done it with uh, deadlifting and benching for, on my own, but I've never, I've never actually right. tried doing it with the kids. I don't know. I just w- getting with some of the, like the really strenuous, high intensity stuff. I don't know. I just, I felt like I could hurt somebody doing that kind of thing. It's like, all right, guys, we're going to, we're going to load up this heavy deadlift and you're going to lift it. And I'm going to put the pins above it. And you're going to try to pull against those pins and it's not going to move. And you're just going to try really hard to move it. And I feel, I feel like some kids are just, the technique would break down, they blow out their back and then they'd be like, all right, well, that sucks. Well, I, the, uh, the way I've been doing it, uh, that bird showed me was just take an empty bar and pull from the bottom of the rack. Okay. Not yeah. the very bottom, but the bottom part into yeah. the pin. Yeah. So then you don't have to worry about that, and they just pull. Yeah, that may, yeah. I guess doing that. So then you, that would work. Yeah. yeah, if you if you had a, a shorter range of motion, and you're you're just you're not going to allow them to like pull so hard, and then they come to an abrupt stop. Yeah, that that would. Yeah, yeah, that could work. I mean, I've never I've never done that before though, but with with kids, but I could I could see that working. How many? Uh... Oh no, we already did the, the variations for Max. So what about what about for upper body? What variations would you use for that? Um, and what are the reps for your max ever? We would do I would have them do uh, we would just bench and we would do standing overhead press. And again, mainly be mm-hmm. strict or as strict as I could get them to do. Uh, it's 
a lot mm-hmm. of them want you as even if you're trying to just so not on purpose a push fresh yeah. but sometimes yeah it would be like try try to be as strict okay. as you can but i wouldn't i wouldn't make a big deal if there was if we become into a little bit of a, of a push fresh because it's i mean I, it, it are you going to be harmed negatively by putting a little bit of extra oomph into it a little bit of extra you know, like the rest of your body into it no i mean it's just i feel like that would just benefit yeah. that'd be fine but uh, it was we kept the, the right. variations mm-hmm. pretty limited there because uh after school in a weight room trying to get we didn't have any uh, shoulder presses. So if you wanted to do any type of overhead pressing with a bar, you needed to do it out of a squat rack. So it's kind of hard to dominate all of the squat racks just for like one, one group to be overhead pressing. So um, we would keep our pressing pretty limited to just flat barbell benching. Um, and then we would work on a lot of it. You no, know, we would do accessories and hypertrophy work after that. <clears throat> so the, our, our benching was pretty, pretty limited. It was kind of just like, try to hit a heavy set of one of the presses. And then we're going to basically just do upper body strength, uh, hypertrophy work. Um, did you have your athletes use a belt for uh, deadlifts and squats? Once. So I, I do, we worked on, on, on breathing and I would have them, we would talk about the Valsava maneuver and things like that. And some of the kids already had some experience using belts from the weight room class that they would take. So if they, uh, if they felt that they could brace properly, I would have them use a belt. But if it was, if it was a kid who was still learning how to lift um, and they were learning the breathing, then no, I wouldn't have them use a belt. But um, if it was a kid who felt that they, that they were, that they understood what I was saying, like if I would give them cues, my favorite cue with belt was you know, with the belt is like 360. Try to think of filling the belt 360 degrees around. And uh, if that made sense with them, then I felt like the belt would, would work. But if you're just putting the belt on because you think it's for safety, then it's like, nah, man, you got to get the belt off. It's not, we're not doing that for safety. You're doing this for, <laughs> for bracing purposes. Um, but I like, I like training beltless. So I, I would try to try to keep them not doing it unless they felt that they could truly brace with the belt being there. Um, would you ever the, ever have them do the three to five rep maxes in the good morning, or would you just do good morning as an accessory? Good mornings were strictly accessories. Yeah, we never did that as a okay. uh, as a main lift. We would do it um, with bands. Actually, was how we would do it. I didn't even have them put a bar in their back for good mornings. We would do. Uh, I put the band choked around the bottom of a rack or like a peg on a machine and put it um, on their neck and then do the good morning motion. So it's essentially, it's kind of like a stiff legged deadlift also, but the, you know, the, the weight is up near the, the upper back neck area. So it was, I called them band. What was the reps? You said it was between 10 to 20 reps. It was, it was, uh, it was high rep stuff. So we do like, like two to three sets of 10 to 20 reps, depending on the point in the season. But um, yeah, it was never heavy. Um, okay, so that means no belt on dynamic. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, your opinion on uh, Olympic lifting for athletes? If you're doing it correctly, I think it could be. I think it could be great. I mean, it's it's super explosive. But uh, again, it's the how were you taught to do it? Like, were you taught to do power cleans sets of ten? You know, if that's the case, that's what you're doing. It's just like, mm-hmm. and you're just banging it off your quads, throwing it up in the air and you're doing like, and you're doing like front <laughs> curls or reverse curls. The belly, the right. belly. Yeah, exactly. You're doing it as a shoulder. If you're doing that as a part of your shoulder workout, then it's, it's, I would say no. <laughs> but if you've got, if you've got a coach who can teach the Olympic lifts and you're doing like explosive sets of, you know, three or less, 
then I, I think it could be good. Uh, I'm not much of an Olympic lifter, so I wouldn't really do it. I would help give critique to kids who did want to do it. If like there were kids who were cleaning in the weight room, I would, I would help them because I mean, I understand how it works and I can, I mean, I can do it. I just don't like doing it. I'm not very, you know, I'm not proficient at it uh, with heavy weights, but I mean, if a kid, if a kid's doing it with, with a bar or like with 135 on there, I, and uh, clearly they should be lowering the weight. I can, you know, I, I'll, I'll give some pointers, but yeah, I think the Olympic lift should be left to people who are proficient in the Olympic lifts, but I do think they can be beneficial. Um, what about the speed ladder? Yeah, I, we don't, we didn't have one of those. I, uh, I think they, they, they look awesome when I see people doing them and they're really quick and they're doing them right. I think it looks awesome, but that was uh, not anything that I ever had them doing mainly because the football conditioning was done by the football coach. He took care of all the football stuff. No, I, I'm just waiting. I was just hoping you would back. <laughs> no, I think, I think, it, but, I think uh, it looks, yeah. Yeah. I have all my coaches come on and then, and then they basically say in, in a different way that I do. Really? I, so I like to constantly. I've, I've never ever <laughs> used it before or done it before. I think it, like I said, because I did it when I was a basketball player, I never really? got fast. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna all, <laughs> no. all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, yeah, it sucks, it sucks, it's the worst. I think it when you see when you see guys <laughs> like if you see if you see NFL players doing it and they're really good at it, I think it yeah. looks awesome. Um, but I've never, I've never yeah. done it myself, and I've never had, I've never had anybody at our school do it. Um, it's yeah, it's just one of those things I don't have any experience with, so I've never even looked into it. Again, I think it's cool. I like, the, but uh. Yeah, I never did it. So yeah, in, in, we'll go back to the original. But that that sucks. Speed ladder sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just it it is. I feel always it, it annoys me because so many kids they see the pros be using it and they think they're going to be fast like that pro athlete because they do a speed ladder. And I tell them if you still can only squat right. one thirty five, you're not yeah. going to be the you're not going to yeah. be to do that speed right. ladder like yeah. he can. But they think the speed ladder is what right. makes you fast. But it's just because it has speed in front of it, and it was a great yeah. marketing team. And it's yeah, backed by they, Nike now. I remember so it's like, like Nike, Nike Spark. I don't know if they still call it that. But I remember, I remember yep. seeing that yeah, in that's, East yeah, Bay magazines. Yeah, yeah, it looked. <laughs> yep, the East Bay. Yep. You had the pack. You had the yeah, parachute yeah. shit. You had the, the Darlo Hurts. The neon phones. The yeah. Woo. Yeah, I mean, you see the pro. I mean, like, if you watch, if you watch the pro, these pro guys, like, just, like, Saquon. The kid's. Um, at my school, loved Saquon Barkley. We had a, one of our one of our football players. He's uh, this is actually his last year. He graduates this year, but he was uh, he was the right tackle on the Penn State team, and he uh, so he he was you know he's like a legend at our school. So the kids love Penn State and they love Saquon. And you know with him playing in New York, the kids you know he being on the Giants, kids loved him. So everybody wanted to like emulate Saquon. So everybody wanted to start like doing power cleans. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull, I'm going to clean four or five like Saquon. It's like, all right, dude has a 600 pound squat. The man is an absolute, yes, like you see his yes. quads, you see, you see the man's legs. Like he's a total <laughs> freak show. And like, even if you look at guys like Christian McCaffrey, who while still, you know, jacked, not as big as a dude like Saquon, but the man lifts, he lifts heavy. Like he squats, he deadlifts, he trains, he's a track athlete. So he trains like a track athlete, but he still, he lifts heavy too. So you're not going to be able to be doing this super quick explosive stuff like them. If you're not training heavy and just to kind of go back on what I, like what I was saying about my own personal um, athletics, like I, I was able to dunk 
when I was 170, why is it that I'm able to dunk at 240? You know, I gained 70 pounds Mm -hmm. and I'm still able Mm -hmm. to get, you know, my, like I can hit halfway above the rim with my forearm. Like, why is that? Well, it's because I'm, my legs are strong. Like I can, 10 years of powerlifting has kept me strong. So I'm, as my weight has increased and my strength has increased, it's like the jumping has stayed relative. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer of heavy lifting for, uh, for explosiveness, like, like jumping and, and sprinting. Um, what type of equipment did you have at the high school? Uh, like, like lifting equipment, I mean, like weight room equipment. <clears throat> yeah. Just everything. What did you have? Access so we had, we had four squat racks, um, and they were just very, just average. They were all, they were pretty beat up. Um, one of them was like a tough stuff one. And it had like some plastic pieces on it that started snapping off. And um, the the football coach who ran all the weight room classes was like, Hey, do you know what, what we should do about this? And I was like, yeah, we should throw it away and get a brand new one. So we, we got a new, we had one hmm. new elite FTS rack and then we were going to replace all the other ones, but we just, you know, never ended up getting around to it because that, that wasn't a priority. I wanted to replace so much stuff. I wanted to get new pads on the benches. I wanted to get the, the Thompson fat pads on the benches. And it was just like, no, I'd rather spend a hundred bucks and get them reupholstered every year and spend $155 and get these things that'll last forever. And we'll keep our, our athletes shoulders stronger and, you know, not get, not getting injured. But it was, that was the mentality there. It was like, I'd rather buy these cap, barbells, these $100 cap barbells that are going to bend on kids' backs when they're squatting 400 pounds, as opposed to buying, you know, a higher quality bar that you can get from Rogue for like 250. You know, you can get, you can get a good bar for 200 bucks, but it was just like, I'd rather buy new ones every year because they're only a hundred. Um, so, so, so the, uh, I, 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 I can go on rants all the time about one specific topic. So those are the squat racks. Uh, we had deadlift platforms uh, during Hurricane Irene. The uh, Cranford was destroyed. So the, the weight room flooded. So we had these deadlift platforms that were wood. They had like a wood center and they had like the, uh, the rubber mats on the sides. But Hurricane Irene came in, yeah. flooded the weight room and the wood got waterlogged. We threw out the wood and we put down all the, the rubber mats, put the metal around it, like where it should be. And we were going to get new platforms. Um, 10 years later, never got new platforms. The kids were deadlifting on rubber mats for the, for the decade. So it, it, we essentially called them the deadlift platforms, but um, they were, it was just, it was just rubber mats. So they were, you know, makeshift platforms, but uh, we had four flat benches, four incline benches, um, we had two big dumbbell racks that went from like 10 to 80. And then there was like a metal one that went from like five to a hundred, but there were a lot of like the metal ones missing. Uh, we had some, some just random machines that we had some, we had one lap pull down, one low row, one like for tricep push downs. And then there was some just random, like a preacher curl machine, like a uh, triceps extension machine. We had a, one of those jammers, those hammer strength jammers that sat in the corner. Those are, those oh, are worthless. Really? If you want me to talk shit about a, uh, a, a, a exercise. Oh, those, yeah. Those really? We just, we just got, we're really? getting them in my gym tomorrow. I don't think they're the hammer strength ones, but they're, they're the jammer arms. I don't know if that's a um, company. I so think they're the jammer arms. I don't think those suck. Those you can like, if you're going to attach that onto a rack and use it for like, 
yeah, 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 that's that's, the one uh, yeah you can yeah. use that. You know, you can you can change the height of those things. You can use them for for pressing, for pulling. You can use them for overhead pressing. You can use them for you can use them for a lot of stuff. If you're trying to increase the versatility of your equipment yeah. by putting them onto a squat rack, and you could add weights to them, and you can actually like create machines like pendulum type machines and you can throw bands on them i think that's awesome i would love to get that for my house my home gym um but like the actual standalone jammer machine that you can only do while standing in one position and like pressing in that one position that's what i'm talking about it was one of those like it's a standalone uh-huh. machine that somebody was like this is a great idea this would be great for like offensive linemen but then it never gets used so yeah, one of those. yeah yeah like, yeah, it, I never saw anybody use it ever. And even the head coach was like, yeah, this is a huge waste. We need to get rid of this thing. Um, so we had one of those, we actually had two GHRs, which was kind of surprising um, based on the, like the, hmm. the array of equipment that we had there. It was very just standard weight room type stuff, but having two glute ham raises was pretty cool. Um, I had the kids using those a lot. And I mean, I used it myself a lot um, and just some random cardio machines. And we had, oh, we had uh, two leg extensions and two hamstring curls and, oh, actually two power squats too, mm-hmm. two power squat machines. So those were, those were kind of cool to use for, for like, uh, the power squat is like the standing yeah, leg press. Yeah, it's a standing leg press kind of thing. Yeah, they were, it's like, yeah, a, hack it's like a hack squat. Yeah. One of them was, one of them kind of moved like okay. a hack squat. The other one was a much bigger apparatus that had like this, it was flat. The platform was like flat on the ground. Um, and you could kind of load up the weight on different sides and it was marketed to be able to like, you can put the weight here to hit your glutes more, hit the weight here to hit your quads more. And it's like, well, it's all attached to the same, it's BS. all attached to the same arm. So yeah, like the, the mach- I only got exactly. to look at that to say, yeah, that's yeah, going to be the yeah, same I shit. Know. What? I know, but uh, <laughs> that was, yeah. So we had two, two of like, there were different setups, but they're both power squat machines, but it was, the kids, yeah, that was another one of those things that the kids would load up and they would bounce, like hit, they would bounce off the bottom of it and be like, oh, dude, I squatted eight plates per side today. It was like, yeah, okay. All right. I'm not even going to get into <laughs> it. <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, did you, uh, so you didn't have a hyper, a reverse hyper, would you do on the GHR, like have them do, you ever seen people do the reverse way where you put your All hands on the feet go? Yeah. So then you can get, I, yep, they, okay. I, there you go. I, I love that. Um, I would put a band on the bottom and I started doing it myself after the last time I bulged a disc in my back. And I was like, I was focused on never letting that happen again and really building up my, my lower back muscle and strength. And I started doing them myself and I loved it. It felt so good. Like the back pump felt good. And I just felt good all the time doing those. And I, you know, I bought her, I have a reverse hyper at my house now. I bought one that I, you know, I use the, the rogue, the West side scout one. It's yeah. Oh, you got the scout. How did you like that? Cause I, I was thinking it. about getting it. I have, I mean, and you've been on the, you've been on the big one. I've been, been on, on the, the big, big one. one I've been on. So I used to train at Skiba's gym in Carteret, New Jersey for a minute. I was thinking you were from New Jersey. You knew the area for a second. I kind of forgot what I was talking about, like Saquon and uh, Penn state. stuff. well, I'm fr- cause remember I had told you I'm You're from New I'm York, from oh, New right. York city. The last, the last year before I moved down here, which was, a year and a half ago, I was staying in okay. Journal Square. Okay, gotcha. So you're you're familiar with that area. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. In Carter Carteret, New Jersey, yeah. there's a gym called Skiba's Gym, and the owner, his name is Henri Skiba, and he the dude lives powerlifting. Like I follow him on Instagram, and 
like the last picture I saw of him was at like his, his daughter's house hanging out with his grandkids. And the man is wearing knee sleeves hanging out with his, with his daughter. Like he's got like the reband blue knee sleeves on and he's got like his gym shirt and he's got like leggings on the man's like 65 years old. He's still, he still lifts heavy. He's still, he's, he lives for powerlifting, but he is, he's friends with Louis Simmons and he goes out there and visits him. Like he talks about him all the time. He's a West side certified trainer. Um, and he has a lot of the like experimental type equipment that Westside has created in his gym. So I've used a lot of like the reverse, what, like there's like a reverse hamstring curl type thing where, yeah, the inverse, the curl, inverse thing, curl that thing. Really? Yeah, we yeah, have that's, that. That's, too. It's cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, I've, and he's got some like Westside made like actual G, uh, reverse hypers that he got from Westside. Um, so he has like, he has got like a line of three different reverse hypers. And I would use all three of those ones there. So some of them were good. One of them, like one of them looks like it was made in the sixties out of just like, like tube metal. Yeah. It just has the <laughs> yeah, one bar yeah. handle in the yeah. front. Yeah. Yeah. That um, one. <laughs> yeah. It's just like straight up and down. Um, so I've used a few different, I've used some of like the big heavy duty ones there. I've trained at another gym in North Plainfield called chiseled. Um, and he had another one of those like straight up and down, like, it, again, it looked like it was just a, a cushion on top of some tubes, but it had the little pendulum down there. And like, I literally, <laughs> I went to this gym. I got a membership at this gym just to use the reverse hyper. And um, so, yeah, I've been on a, yep. I've been on a bunch of different reverse hypers, like some of the tanks that Rogue has made. And this Scout one for three hundred and fifty bucks, it's, it does the trick. It's really nice. How much weight can you put on that plus your so body? So I weigh two forty, and. Um, I've n- I haven't put more than 70 on it. I don't go heavy with it. I, I hit sets of 20 reps or higher all the time. I've- I never do. What is it? What does it, do you remember what it says? The weight limit is. I don't, I don't remember. I can, I mean, I can look it up for you. I got my computer right here, but it's. Does it, does it move though? Like, does it move a little bit it, with it, just a 70? Cause that would make it what? Three ten on top. So it'd be it, like, ooh. it doesn't move. It hasn't moved at all. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not very good at multitasking, so I'm looking this up right here. Um, but West Side <laughs> Scout Hyper. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm, I won't waste too much time doing it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't move at all. It doesn't shift at all when I'm using it. Uh, like I'm not erratic with it. Like I'm not letting it fly around the place. But it's um, right. Yeah, it hasn't moved at all for me. It's got the rubber bases on the bottom of each of the legs. And it doesn't move at all. Yeah, I'm looking. It doesn't. It doesn't have a uh, weight limit on here. Oh, actually, max user weight capacity 300 pounds. Max swing arm weight capacity oh, 176. Shit. 176 pounds is the max swing arm weight capacity. So if you're if you're going heavier than that, yeah, it's it's not made for for super heavy. Then I guess. So if you're 300 pounds. You can only no, have says, 70 on, it's, but it says max two- user weight capacity, 300 max swing arm weight capacity, 176. So you can put up to 176 on and you can't be bigger that's than what, 300. Yeah, that's what I would say. I, I, I'm right. Yeah. You know, okay, you okay, probably, okay. It, that's probably like, Oh, you weigh 400 pounds and you hurt yourself doing it. Well, we said you should only be 300 pounds more. I mean, if I'm, if I'm 60 pounds away right. from the max user right. weight and I, I, it doesn't move at all when I'm on it, I, I would say you probably be heavier than that. It, it feels, it feels pretty sturdy, but yeah, it's, oh. if you're looking to spend 350 and not 700 to, you know, 1500 
on a G, uh, a reverse hyper, I would say right. that's it's a qual. Shoot, the one that we have, that shit's like twenty five. Oh, we got the dual pendulum, yeah. the big new one. So we <laughs> had <laughs> the split. You can split with the that split little, roller. That roller. No, have you been I'm, with the roller? Is it really Woo! nice? Really? The roller, bro. The a roller. The roller take off a hundred pounds or whatever. It just the way it does when it locks in your feet because the rollers are each like they're probably yeah, at least like yeah. thirty pounds each instead of just a right. strap that weighs a pound. And then the way it's locked in, it yeah. makes you use yeah, your back. You, you can't bend your legs. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you can't bend your legs. So it just well, bro. Yeah, that's like. Woo. But that's good because we were thinking about just getting one for the house for like yeah. higher rep. Yeah, definitely. It's because it's um, I I I haven't yeah, folded so. it up to like move it around. I mean, it's in my home gym. I just I picked that one because it was cheaper and it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted a reverse hyper, but yeah, if you if you wanted to to fold it up and you for portability's sake, you would definitely you could definitely do that. But um, yeah, that's that, that roller one. That sounds nice though. I, uh, it's like a straight legged reverse hyper. I want I want to try one of those. Um, how often did you have your athletes train uh, oblique Every day. abs? Every day. Yeah, it was. Every day. Okay. Because you when you were seeing them, sometimes as low as one, but up to three times a week usually right so just the three days right. so it's off, not too off crazy. season right. i would see them three days three days a week mm-hmm. every week and uh mm-hmm. i would give them i gave them options of when to come because i i didn't i wasn't trying to be like okay on monday we squat it was like okay we squat and then we bench and then we do deadlift and then we do all of our other stuff with that but that's how we're gonna that's what i'm gonna call it you have to be here three days a week i don't care what days you come i would like it if you came Monday took a day off and then came two consecutive days or came Monday and Tuesday and took a day off and take a day. Like I want you to take a day off somewhere, but I really don't care as long as you come three days a week, but it was, you know, they have to come three days a week. Um, but during in season, it was kind of like, I might not see them at all this week, you know? So, uh, but we had with abs and we, we, we would do that after, after every workout, we would do abs. Um, so last thing, what are your, uh, future goals? Uh, I mean, like the safe goal right now is find a teaching job and create mm-hmm. or, you know, apply for a, a strength coaching position within that district. That's the safe thing. Um, is that my number one option right now? I mean, no, that's not what I want to do the most. I, I mean, I would like to do that. I, I love teaching and I love coaching. So if that is what I do, that would be cool. But that isn't what I mean. My ultimate goal would be to own my own facility. Um, that would be that would be the ideal goal. I got my son; he's four. He uh, I took him to his you know he does gymnastics. I took him to a gym, his gymnastics class today, and he was in like the kitty gym, and I was playing with my daughter on the other side, and they have a hmm. big like a serious gymnastics gym, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, damn. If I could take all this gymnastic shit out of here and put in some real, like some real, like, <laughs> like, like strength training equipment, this would be a dope facility. So yeah, I would. I, that's whenever I drive by any like empty building, or even if I see like an old gas station that has like one garage bay door, I'm like, man, I want to buy that place right now, and I want to just gut it and convert it into uh, like a, a legit, like a serious, not like super hardcore, not like you know. Powerlifters only, like it would be, you know, dedicated to yeah. 
people who want to get strong. Like if you, if you want to compete in powerlifting, like come here, like we're going to, we'll have monoliths, we'll have deadlift platforms, we'll have competition benches, we'll have competition plates. Like if you want to powerlift, like this is the best place in the area. But if you're a high school kid and you want to get strong for your sport, like come here and train. If you're a 45 year old dad and you're out of shape and you want to train at a serious place, like not going to the Y or like the town rec center, you want to get strong and like lose, <laughs> lose weight right. and get into shape and have like a, like a group of badass dudes and dudettes around you. Like this is the place you want to be. And I say dads, I don't mean just, just dads. It's just, you know, moms are welcome too. But um, yeah, don't get yeah me exactly. Too. I know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. It's funny. It's like, like I'm, I, I, I take care of my kids primarily. Like I, I spend most of the time with my kids. Like I, I, uh, I would, even when I was working, I would, I'm the one who dropped them off at school or at daycare and I picked them up and I do the cooking around the house and stuff like that. My wife has a much more, you know, serious job. She makes way more money than I do. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, whenever I see stuff, just like, Oh, this is mom approved. It's like, well, what about the dads? Like there are dads who are the primary, you know, caretaker of the kids who spend all the time with them. Like, oh, what about the dads too? So ladies, no offense, no, no offense there. I just, I was, uh, just said dads, but yeah, it would be a place that, you know, I want to, I want to create like a, a universal strength facility that would be, you know, like that would be my business. It's my thing. And I, you know, help people out, you know, like, have you ever read uh, or listened to the audio audiobook by Chris Duffin, the, the dragon and the Eagle, the Eagle and the dragon. I forget which one comes first. It's awesome. Mm-mm. It is. No. It's awesome. Like Chris Duffin is a, his life was ridiculous. Like the dude l- grew up in the woods, literally in the woods of Oregon. And he was like homeless. If you mean, if you don't consider like a shack in the woods, homeless, he, he lived in the woods and he talks about that, but then he, he had like a successful engineering and engineering consulting business, but he just wanted to help people, you know, and that's how he created Kabuki strength. And, um, like that's that idea of, yeah, yeah, we got like his of equipment is, is top of the line, like second to none. It's crazy expensive, yeah, so, but it's yeah. like, it's, he <laughs> makes it all and it's, it's super high quality, but like that his, his mentality of like, I want to just help people through strength and through movement like that, like that vision. It's something that I feel like is something that I would be really happy doing, you know? Um, and like, you can do that working with high school athletes, which, which I mean, that could be a niche that, that would be my way of doing it because I, I, I connected with so many kids through, you know, you just yeah, gotta get one know, to the league. I know. There you go. I know. <laughs> yeah, get to the league. That's, That's it. it man. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, don't forget, coach. Now. I know. Because <laughs> yeah. then you get him a yeah, facility come train back. He could, back he could then, post right? about it there on his go. social media, and he'd be like, "Oh, this is where you go, and this is where, this is where I go." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not really. I go here. I go here once a year. This is where I go. <laughs> yeah, that would be, that would be cool. I mean, even you know, anywhere in between would be cool too. I, 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 like I said, I love teaching and coaching. And if I owned a facility on the side that I opened up after school, you know, like all right, three o'clock, the gym opens. You know, if you are a student and you want to go there, or if you're a, a personal training client after work, come on over to the gym. We're open for a few hours. Like this is this is the place. It's not a full time place, but it's like a, you know, part time kind of a thing. Like that would be cool too. But yeah, owning owning my own facility would be pretty awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, well, we'll tell people where they can find you. On yeah, so my Instagram. uh, I call it my professional account is High School Strength Coach. Uh, high School Strength Coach. It's all just one big one big word, and I'm still uh. 
putting up stuff. I know the quarantining stuff is kind of over. So I'm kind of just putting up just like, I still get a lot of questions from people like students from last, from previous years and uh, just people that I don't even know, ask me a lot of questions. So a lot of the posts I put up are just like, uh, I'll go back and forth through DMS and I'll like give them really specific explanations, but then I'll put up a post based on, uh, a question that I get. So a lot of the things that I put up there are basically question and answers. Uh, and that's just my like, okay, this is the answer that I gave to somebody. I went through all this effort to like type this up. Well, let me, let me put the, put a, a video to it to help this person, but to also put it out there for the masses. Um, so yeah, I take, you know, take questions about real life training and nutrition, not stuff that, you know, like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think like IFBB, IFBB bodybuilders or, the top level powerlifters who are, you know, marketing something like it's just real life stuff. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, well, I appreciate yeah, it. Was you nice on. talking to you, it was man. A I feel like it's so funny. The internet stuff, the internet <laughs> friends, it's like we you never you, you communicate in real life. And it's just like typing away on social media and stuff. And it's like, Oh, it's cool to actually hear your voice and, you know, communicate. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. So it, I, I appreciate appreciate you having me on. I uh, look forward to hearing it, and I hope I hope what I provided to you will uh, be beneficial to you and to anybody listening. Yeah, I'll probably post it. What is today? Tuesday, so I'll probably post it by like cool, probably Friday. Awesome, Saturday. man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. All right, talk to you later, dude. Well, that's all she wrote. I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did and got all that good information. As always, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. If you're a coach or you know any coaches that would like to come on the podcast, please just DM me the information. If you're an athlete or coach that has any questions about how I train people or interested in training, DM me. That's my best way to respond. And uh, if you like this episode, like it, share it, leave a review, tell your friends about it, all that good stuff. And... Uh, Tune in the next week or so. I'll be dropping another another interview. So remember, stay clean. Peace. <laughs>